0: And welcome back. I'm Bill English, the publisher here at Bible and Business. And today, uh, we're still in our series on the eight A's that kill healthy partnerships. These are elements that if you have a a good partnership and some of these elements get introduced into your partnership, chances are really good that, that your partnership is not going to do well. Those elements include anger, apathy, affairs, abuse, addictions, arrogance, ambiguity, and being an autocrat or being autocratic. I think how I have it here on the screen. So uh, this information, by the way, is taken from my book, A Christian Theology of Business Ownership, an introduction for Christian entrepreneurs and what the Bible says about owning a business. And you can also pick up a condensed or an abridged version of my theology book under the title, What the Bible Says About Owning a Business. Both of these are available through Amazon. Just a note on this of these eight A's, uh, if one or more are uh, persistent in your partnership uh, it'll just take some additional cycles to have a great partnership but it probably will work. Uh, Two or more A's it'll be very difficult, three or more Don't even try. The partnership isn't going to work. It doesn't really matter which three you choose or which two you choose. Uh, These are elements that tend to kill partnerships. And incidentally, these are also elements that tend to kill marriages. So it's not surprising that if, if they have a negative effect in marriages, they're also going to have a negative effect in business partnerships. But before we get started, I'd like to ask you to head over to bibleandbusiness.com, Take a look at my articles and podcasts. participate in some of the surveys. And I'll also ask that you uh, just subscribe to this YouTube channel, if you would please. And that will help me get the word out uh, to all the Christian business owners we can about what the Bible has to say about owning a business. Okay, so let's take a look at addictions and see what we can learn today. First of all, Addiction as a concept is commonly thought of in terms of unwanted repetitive actions or thoughts are uh, also known as compulsions. Uh, they can be persistent sin that can be attitudinal as well as actional. And uh, addictions may be both wanted and under my control. One may even like and enjoy one's sin. And so these two statements at the bottom of the slide here, the issue cannot stop even if you want to. And then I'm saying that they may be both wanted and under my control. The under my control is a bit of an illusion. Uh, It's, you know, let's say that I really enjoy pornography. I just, I like it. Let's just say, I mean, I don't. But I'm just using this as a a metaphor. Let's just say that I really like pornography, and so I engage in it, and I could stop any time. And it's kind of this delusion that I have. But once I actually try to stop, then I find that I really can't. I can't stop even if I want to stop. Um, You know, let's say that I like alcohol. And uh, I enjoy uh, getting a buzz and sometimes getting drunk. Well, maybe um, when I try to stop, I find that I can't. So uh, there is this idea that I can be under the delusion that I can stop and that I like this sin, I like this addiction. uh, But it really becomes an addiction when I try to stop and I can't. Now, there's a lot of acceptable addictions in... um, in evangelical circles today, constantly working to the point of exhaustion is one. We praise people who are busy. Oh, you're so busy, you know. But really, uh, busyness is not all it's cracked up to be, and is not always a godly thing. Using the Lord's name in vain, or just using coarse language to express strong emotions, enjoying a sport to the point of neglecting time with your loved ones. How many, how many men? This fall, I'm, I'm recording this just as the uh, NFL season is getting ready to start. How many men this fall are going to uh, neglect their families so they can watch a football game or two or three, right? That's that's what I mean by that. Eating to the point where you're overweight or obese. Uh, kind of the inability to say no to certain foods. I love chocolates. I love ice cream or or maybe you're not a, a sweet person, but you're a salty person. You love those chips with the salts or something like that. Uh, but eating to the point where you've lost control. Um, having to wear the latest fashion. Some people just love wearing the latest clothes and they, and they will spend a lot of money to look uh, great in the latest fashions. Another acceptable addiction is hoarding. Holding on to material things when you clearly do not need them. We've I, I, I know people who have things that have been in their house for 10 years and they've never once used them but they won't get rid of them because those things are sentimental. They represent a memory of somebody in the past and yet really is that, is that something that we need to hold on to. Uh, having a strong need to be right. You'll find this especially in academic circles and in theological circles. And sometimes in in other professional circles, Uh, they will argue and argue and argue because they just have a strong need to be right. Uh, And they will argue to win just because they want to be right. And that is, uh, I think, clearly can be a common addiction where they can't stop. They have to be right. Right. Measuring your self worth based on material gain, prestige, winning, education, and so forth. In other words, who I am is defined by what I have and what I accomplish rather than defined by who Christ says that I am in Him. Uh, those kinds of things can be an addiction. Embellishing the truth with, with exaggeration and lies. I have one friend who um, is just always over the top, wh- effusive with compliments and embellishments about how great something is or someone is um and it is it just kind of uh, uh, makes you feel uncomfortable uh, because i don't think he can stop it's almost to the point of an addiction others trusting and believing yourself more than you trust in god this is something our culture says we ought to do trust in yourself believe in yourself Uh, and and yet jeremiah is clear that those who trust in themselves and believe in themselves Um, bring a curse upon themselves. And uh, you might want to go look that up. Stealing from God by not being as fully generous as possible with your money. So you have money here and you really want to buy this other thing but you know you need to give to God and who's gonna get the money and what are you gonna do and sometimes uh, buying things and not giving to God that can end up being something that you can't stop and it becomes an addiction rationalizing that you don't have uh, to give money to God because you're not earning enough or because you work at church a lot, the time replaces the money. And of course, that uh, in in my book, A Christian Theology of Business Ownership, I show how that's a heresy and a lie and uh, is something that is, is just not biblically based. Uh, being so adamant about your political ideas that your allegiance to a political party or your country overshadows your allegiance to God, I know a number of people who believe that a person cannot be a Christian and be a Democrat. I know others who who believe that a person cannot be a Christian and be a Republican, and uh, their allegiance to their political ideology is so strong that it really comes across to me as an addiction. It's not good. It's not good. Our allegiance to God needs to be number one. Political parties are going to come and go. Political philosophies are going to come and go. But God's word never fails, and our allegiance to God should never fail either. Uh, being lazy about spending time with God or reading his word or praying. This is more an addiction of omission, right? I just never get around to reading the Bible. I, you know, it's just so hard for me to sit down and pray. I don't do it very often. That, that lack of discipline in your life can actually become something that you can't stop. You can't stop not doing prayer, and that is not a good thing. Seeing a need and know you can meet that need, but not acting to do so um, might be another one. So uh, there's a number of ways that we do addictions. Uh, it's not just overconsumption of alcohol, or tobacco, or drugs, or sex, or pornography, or gambling, which are really kind of the common addictions that everybody thinks about. I don't use this word addiction in a medical model. I use it in a spiritual model where uh, a number of things that we do, we find that we it's really hard to change. It's really hard to stop doing them or it's really hard to start doing what we know we should be doing. And I put that generally broadly under the category of addictions. Now, how do addictions harm partnerships? Uh, might be a, just a really good uh, focus for us to look at here. First of all, uh, when, when one or more partners has an addiction, it consumes partner energy, time, and resources. It can diminish a partner's effectiveness, especially if it's chemically based um, or sexually based. Uh, partners who have sexual or chemical addictions really don't do well in life, and so they can't live up to their full potential. And when a partner doesn't live up to their full potential, that partner is detracting from their effectiveness within the partner, and they're diminishing all that the partnership could be um, because they're spending too many cycles doing other things. Uh, Addictions often create distance and conflict in partners' professional and personal relationships. And you'll see this over time. A partner who is addicted to something maybe they're addicted to going to sporting events or golfing during the summer if if they spend too much time at it then they're probably not spending enough time with customers or employees or vendors or fulfilling their other duties that's going to create conflicts in the professional relationships and probably also they're not spending enough time with their spouse or kids or at church that'll create conflict in the personal relationships Uh, Sometimes if these addictions get out, if they become public knowledge, it can harm the professional reputation of the other partners and the firm itself. And so you just want to be um, aware of that. What do you do about addictions? Uh, Like the last one on abuse, you don't manage abuse, you don't manage addictions. You, you, You have to end them. The addictions simply have to stop. You cannot manage an addiction. Now, while you're healing from it, there there are effects of the addictions that you can manage. And there might be things that you have to do for yourself to manage yourself well, uh, you know, in in terms of coming out of an addiction. But the addiction itself, if you just let it go unfettered, you can't manage that. It's going to have to be ended in order to improve your partnership. What does it take to overcome an addiction? This is not an easy list. This is not an easy uh, button here. But let me just say, first of all, there is no easy button. There is no easy way to heal from an addiction. And notice I'm using the word healing as opposed to overcoming. Um, I like the idea of healing from an addiction because usually an addiction represents some kind of pain or hurt or uh, something in in the person's past, which is giving rise to that addiction. So, for example, you might find a person who was sexually abused as a child, ends up becoming addicted to pornography, and so you know the the porn addiction didn't happen in a vacuum. You you have to kind of understand. Uh, what happened back in the childhood and and the sexual abuse, the messages they received about themselves and about life, the, the beliefs that they developed, and how those beliefs propel them to uh, consume pornography to a point where they can't stop. So there is no easy button here. Secondly, you have to admit that you have an addiction um, and then Thirdly, and this is really the the big part, you ask God to transform you and heal you in ways you cannot. You know, we really cannot fix ourselves. There are so many things that we wish we could change about ourselves that we can't. And so we go to God and we say, God, would you please fix me in this way? Because I cannot fix myself. I cannot heal myself. I need you to heal me. Please transform me and heal me. Do, on the inside, whatever it is you need to do, to change me and to transform me, supernaturally. Uh, next, you're going to need support. You're going to need people around you who understand uh, what what you're going through, and that and that you're trying to overcome uh, this particular aspect in your life. And then uh, you know if it's an addiction of omission, where or I'm sorry, commission, where you're committing a a repeated act you're just going to have to learn how to say no to that act probably a thousand or more times i know of there's a very dear man at church who when he turned 40 he gave up alcohol and before he was 40 he was drunk most of his life and even even in his mid 70s he will he will tell me if if the topic comes up he will tell me you know uh, every day, I have to commit myself to saying no to alcohol, I, I, I cannot drink it, I, I can't be around it, so forth and so on. So, saying no many, many, many times over is part of the healing process. And I think that as you find freedom over time, you won't want to go back. You'll, you'll like your new life better, there will be this relief, oh, it's out in the open, and now I can deal with this, and now I can get past it and beyond it. And that's, that's really something that, uh, that uh, a lot of people coming out of addictions really like about, about that process. Is they find freedom, they find relief, and now they can live their life to the fullest. So addictions, in terms of review, the core issue is that you can't stop even if you want to. If you enjoy the addictions and you think that you can stop, you're probably deluding yourself. You probably can't. Um, addictions harm business partnerships in significant ways and they make it difficult for the partnership to be all it can be probably they're making it difficult for the firm or the company to be all it can be addictions cannot be managed they need to be ended and healing from addictions includes support transformation from the Lord and making the same choice over and over to do the right thing remember that our choices today This just came to my mind. Our choices today affect us in the future, sometimes not just weeks or months, but years down the road. So a choice today can affect me 20, 30 years down the road. There is a particular trajectory that our choices place us on. And when we make good choices, we are placed on a trajectory towards God's blessings and a good life but when we make bad choices and we we make addictional choices and we make sinful choices those choices place us on a directory or a uh, trajectory that could place us under god's curses and could place us in a place where we're not going to do very well in life in business or personally so making that same good choice over and over really puts a direction on your life Uh, that cannot be overstated. Now, next week, next episode, we're going to look at arrogance. Another A that kills business partnerships. Arrogance where one or or more of the partners is just so arrogant that it's really difficult to work with them. And we're going to unpack how that damages business partnerships in the next episode. So, until then, I want to thank you for joining me today. I'm Bill English, the publisher here at Bible and Business. Again, I invite you to head over to BibleandBusiness.com and check out the articles and the other resources we have uh, for Christians who own businesses. So, until our next episode, I hope you go out and make it a great day. Take care.